Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Levinson, and this is really my second podcast ever. I created a podcast called Always Look Back, and I had a, a chef on uh, who's based in the Bay Area, and now I'm super excited and really humbled to speak to Steve, owner of Woolco Foods based in New York. And the, the gist of the podcast is I'm interested to learn about how and why somebody in the professional world is doing what they're doing. Whatever the, the, that is, I wanna understand any obstacles that they've overcome and why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and any advice they, they will, will give to me and my very, 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 very small audience, which is probably nobody. And hopefully Steve and I can look back on this podcast in, in a year and laugh at, at, at how, how, how amateurish it was. But, um, you know, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something, Mike, mm -hmm. it's interesting, because one of my, uh, someone on our team here, my name's Steven Tobroff, and Someone on my, I have a podcast called The Profitable Table. And one of the guys on my team came to me out of the blue and said, you know, he got an email from a vendor that we don't do business with, but someone had recommended my podcast. And this was early on during last year. And she found it to be inspirational and helpful. Hmm. And the level of gratification from that was immense. So whether it's one person or a thousand, it's always great to share information and, and hopefully have a positive impact on people. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I'm really, I appreciate glad, it. That you, I'm really yeah. glad that you invited me on and we have this chance to speak. Right. And, you know, it's very casual. I, I will qu quickly say um, Ryan Reynolds, who is an actor and has started a marketing company, he has a, a fantastic quote, which resonates with me. And his, he said, you can't get good at something unless you're willing to be bad at it. So I, I wouldn't say I'm good at this, bad most likely but i'm gonna learn and listening to people like you i i will definitely learn so um i would love to understand about you woolco foods and i, I have questions but i'm gonna just uh, ask you if you would give me a high level view of of who you are and what is woolco foods and and how did you get to be the driver of Woolco Foods and, and, and why? Cool. So Woolco Foods is a broad line distributor. So we sell hotels, restaurants, caterers, institutions, pretty much everything they would use to run their business from fresh produce to protein to non-food items to dairy to everything. And our customers are located in New York City, New Jersey, and the suburbs outside of New York. And we've been in business since 1987. Mm. And I've been CEO of Woolco and 50% owner since 1999. Mm. And uh, how that came to be is, I mean, I was born and raised in New York City and always have been someone that was very curious about a lot of things. I think initially in my life, I was very much more inclined and perhaps I still am involved today to artistic types of things, writing and, and all of that. I uh, went to college at the University of Chicago where I was a literature major. I uh, wound up going to law school in New York City and halfway through law school in the midway of, uh, of my second year, 
Uh, I had a job lined up at, at Cadwallader, uh, Wickersham and Taft in New York City and was going to work as an attorney. And my father passed away unexpectedly. And my dad owned 50% of Wilco, another individual who's not related owned the other 50%. And that person and I were friendly. And he and I, his name is Robert Krivlin, he's my business partner to this day. He had asked if I would be interested in taking over the shares as opposed to the buyout. And I had always viewed law school as an opportunity to maybe prepare myself for business or something else. I never really viewed myself as being a lawyer forever. And so I thought about it and I said, you know, I, I would certainly take him up on that. I was committed to finishing law school and taking the bar, which I did. Mm -hmm. But that's how I got involved uh, with Wilco. And that was in 1999. I was 28 years old. Uh, my dad passed away. My mom at that point had pretty advanced um, Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. And um, we were in New York City at that point. We were on Gansevoort Street in Manhattan. And we moved to Jersey City, uh, right outside of the Holland Tunnel, one mile, if you know New York, mm -hmm. in 2004. And, you know, by the grace of God, it was such a phenomenal decision for me because it's been rewarding on every conceivable level. And I even hastened back to sort of qualifying that I used to be artistic, but not so much now. And when I think about it, being a literature major and being somebody who's interested in, in those areas, I think has served me very well in business. Mm -hmm. And so in addition to Wilco, I started another company called Holland and York. It's our own brand of food products. Started a podcast called The Profitable Table Fed by Wilco Foods, which thank God has gone very well. And so it's just been an, an absolute blessing. Um, but that's sort of the big picture overview. I, I, and that's, it's fascinating to me. So Steve, if, if you could turn, turn back time and, and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? The first thing I would tell myself is don't take things so seriously and hmm. don't take yourself so seriously. You know, I think I've always been kind of an introspective, introverted kind of individual. And um, I think at 18, I was a serious kid. And I also think at 18, I would have to admit, I cared a great deal about what people thought about me, which I think is common for people that are teenagers. Sure. And so, you know, at that point in my life, like most, like, like most teenagers, and I, I wanted to be perceived a certain way. I cared what people thought about me, mm -hmm. probably made decisions in many aspects of my life based upon how I thought other would pe people would think about me. And now as an adult, you know, you look back on things and you realize that one, people are primarily concerned about themselves, not other people. Mm -hmm. And two, that's not the way to go, you know, through life. And of course, I learned it. I think I learned that lesson perhaps earlier than, than many people. But at 18, I would say that would be the, 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 the most important thing I would tell myself. Don't take things so seriously. Sure. And don't worry about what other people think. You know, it's funny because I, I, I love... Um... Wayne Dyer, if you know who Wayne Dyer was, he was sure, sure. fantastic. I love that that man. He's brilliant. He passed away a few years ago of leukemia, but he 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 said it best. And he said, "What you think of me is none of my business." And mm. uh, you know, I, I was just on with with a, a chef friend of mine a little while ago, and I said to him, "Most people that they, they don't care about you. You know, your your small intimate family cares about you, but most people." They, 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 they don't, they care about themselves. So um, I think that's great advice. Um, 
what would you say is is the 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 biggest failure and and would you learn from from a failure and and, and I use that word failure very loosely because it's all learning mm-hmm. experience what would you say you've learned from something in the past if you if you look back and say oh, man I should have done this or should have done that what's what's the number one thing that comes to your mind yeah that's a really good question and I I would say from a let's talk about it from a business standpoint first mm-hmm. you know because I because I know you're using the term failure loosely but I think a mistake I made for the first several years uh, in business when I when I took over as CEO was I was hyper focused on the operations of Wilco, meaning that I was spending 95% of my time trying to figure out how to make every aspect of it perfect. Mm. And that's a great thing because it created a phenomenal experience for our customers. It really created a great niche for us in the market, made us a very strong niche and a strong moat. But what I, the mistake I made is I didn't spend as much time focusing on sales and marketing and brand awareness of the company. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older and been in business longer, if you have the most unbelievable product and no one knows who you are, it doesn't matter. And if everybody knows who you are and it's not the best thing, that's still okay. So what I've done in that regard is we're still very much committed to being the best we can be for our customers and always tweaking it. But Mm -hmm. I spend a lot more time making sure that we communicate who we are to the marketplace at large. I spend a lot more time with the sales team, a lot more time uh, doing things to make it easier for the sales team. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if that would be a failure so much, but that's a lesson I learned that I think had I learned it earlier would have been, you know, helpful. Well, yeah. And, and I I think I always say sales cures all, right. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could have, have the best operation and, and everything perfect. But if, if the product is not selling, you know, it's interesting. There's a, there's a, a guy named Donald Miller. I don't know if you know who Donald Miller is and he, Building he, a story brand, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. So yep. uh, this resonates, and I hope it resonates with you. Um, he, he looks at at sales and marketing and building a business like an airplane. Have you ever heard this before? I have not. Okay, so here here it is. I wrote it down. Um, the cockpit is is the leadership, you and and your partner. The right engine is the marketing message. The left engine is sales. The body is the overhead. The fuel tank is the cash flow and the wings are the products in demand profitability. And I thought there it is because you could have a very strong left engine, which is sales, but a very poor right engine. You're not going to fly that well. So I think I think it resonates with me and and I hope it hope it resonates with you. No, that's very cool. And yeah. just another another quote on a similar vein. Peter Drucker had the quote that all business is innovation and marketing. Mm-hmm. And you have to have those both. But I, I appreciate that airplane analogy because that's uh, that's really true. Yeah, it is. So b- back to to the the profession of food service distributor, what would you say is one common myth about the food service distribution that you want to debunk or say, Hey, you know, it's not like that. It's like this that most people don't get. I think a lot of people mistakenly think that the food service distribution business is, is a commoditized business in the same way that selling books have been commoditized 
or when you go to a website like Trivago, uh, they can commoditize hotel rooms on a given night. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that the food service business is a very specified, curated experience for each individual customer. And most people, or many people anyway, don't think of it that way. Some of my main competitors don't run their business that way, but it's been my experience that what we do is as much service oriented as any other business you can think of. And so, yes, even though we're shipping on trucks, pallets of merchandise or cases of merchandise and, you know, a case of say Heinz ketchup or a case of arugula is a case of arugula, no matter where it's bought from, what makes the food service business such a curated and service oriented business is depending upon your market, there are so many needs that the end user has. They need their delivery to show up at a certain time. Yeah. They need a certain level of consultation from their sales rep. They need a certain type of quality from their product. They need a certain type of responsivity in the event of something coming up. And you could go on and on and on and on. And so I think that's probably a misunderstood concept that many new restaurateurs have at the beginning of their careers. And over time, they learn that actually the relationship they have with their distributor is a vital component of their success, much like their attorney, their accountant, their chef, whomever. And I would say that's probably the biggest sort of misunderstood aspect of, of our business. Right. I, I, I totally agree because there are some big dogs that you're competing against. And to them, it's all price, price, price. And to the restaurateur or operator of a, of a restaurant or some store, a lot of times they don't think of, of, of the other shoe, if you will. All they care about is getting their delivery on time for the right price. Everything is perfect. And so... I think I think you're you're spot on with building a relationship. I think that's way more important than just being a quote unquote a service to a a a, a company with the right price and and right delivery system or or whatever. So I think that's that's pre pretty pretty spot on. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I, I I have some other kind of bizarre questions with a few minutes left. Um, if you were on Jeopardy, which by the way, I love that show. I'm not sure if you're a Jeopardy fan or not. Um, okay, great. So, uh, Mayim Bialik is interviewing you uh, on national TV. What, what nugget would you share that is different that no one really knows about you or, or your, your life? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I was I was going to talk about you know maybe one of my hobbies of collecting uh, baseball cards and all hmm. of that, but I would say I would say maybe uh, well I don't know if it's a nugget that anyone knows about my life or not, but something that I would certainly want to share is how you know important it is for me um, to really rely upon uh, my personal relationship with God in a sense that you know it's not even about praying during holidays or, or something that formulaic, you know, when we were going through the biggest challenges of the past uh, year and a half or something, which was unlike anything I'd experienced in my 20 plus years in business, mm -hmm. the, the reliance that I had and the reliance on prayer and really making my relationship with God, just the, the, the centerpiece of my foundation is what, you know, enabled me to get through that and to lead the organization 
and thank God take us to heights that we'd never had on any level pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's that would be the one nugget that I would want people to know, and particularly people in business and elsewhere that, you know, regardless of, of what you believe, don't believe, I'm not even getting formulaic or talking about that at all. I'm just saying the ability to have that source of strength and reliance, huge, huge part of my life and a huge part of what's enabled me to be effective to the extent I have been in mm-hmm. business. Right. No, that's brilliant. I love it. So that, that'll lead me into to another question to you that if you had a billboard in Times Square or some or somewhere and you could have anything on it, what what would it be and, and what would why would you have what you what you have on it? I would that's a great question. I mean, I, I guess what I would probably have on it would be something along the lines to let people know that they should care about one another and treat each other with respect. Because what I, and again, I I keep bringing it back to business, but this podcast and this interview has gone in a much broader direction, which I really appreciate. You know, so much of, of life and so many of the problems and challenges that we are facing collectively and individually is an inability to just treat other people with respect, you know, and love. And I think that if people were to do that, so many things would get better so quickly. And, you know, you know, obviously God instructs us to love our neighbor as ourselves, but that would be the main thing I'd put on a billboard because what else could there be? I mean, we're, we're, we have, you know, an opportunity to do what we're going to do. Right. And we might as well make it as impactful as we can. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's great. It's, it's interesting. My kids um, uh, go to a, a school here, here in Denver and their, their slogan, if you will, and they have t-shirts and it, all it says is be a good person. Mm. And I'm like, Holy Toledo, that is where it's at. Be, be a good person. And I tell my kids all the time, kind and respect, kind, respect people. Everyone's got their own shit going on. Respect people for who they are. Don't judge or prejudge, you know, try to understand. And my, my thing is I, I'd rather, I try to listen more than I do speak, which is really hard. I'm a sales guy. So are you at heart. We're all salespeople. And it's really, really hard to, um, ask questions and and not want to respond immediately, but to understand, you know, what that that person is saying or or what they're doing. So, um, I agree with you a hundred percent, Mike. Yeah. I I try to tell the same thing to my kids, and I think probably the most important skill for a great salesperson is to be a great listener, Correct. because the more you can understand about your prospect or existing customer's needs, the better you can create a solution which is what it's all about. So I, I completely agree with you. Well, and, and it's interesting because 99% of the people out there think sales is all about talking and the customer listen, listening. It's actually the opposite. You're supposed to ask open-ended questions and be quiet and let the customer tell you and focus in on what they're saying versus having a, uh, your, your MO about going in a certain direction. And I think that's I'm just as fault as everybody else. I have an MO talking to you. I have an MO talking to other people about what I want to get out of it versus going in another direction and learning about you as a person. I don't believe that business and personal are two separate worlds like the Seinfeld, if you will. I think they're, I think we're all one. And I think you talking to me like this is your personal life as well. 
And I don't think you wear two different hats. And at five o'clock or whenever is quote unquote quitting time, which probably is never in the food service distribution world, you put on another hat. I, I just don't believe it. I think we are who we are. And, um, you know, we, we need to be true to ourselves. Completely agree. And I would go even a step further. Like even if a person wants to look at things in a purely business or transactional sense, it's imperative to be a great listener. I mean, you're making a much bigger point, which is completely correct. And I, I happen to agree with you. You mm -hmm. can't be, you can't behave one way in business. If that, if the way you're behaving in business is, is something you're not proud of, you can't just say, well, that's me in my business world, but in my non-business world, I'm an ethical, kind, decent exactly. person. That, that, that doesn't work, right? right? But for people that are listening, that are really thinking about wanting to learn something about business and how to help themselves, definitely reinforcing what you're saying. Listen to the people that you, know, you want to sell or that you're currently doing business with. They will tell you what they need. Sometimes people in sales feel that they want to get out. Well, this is the history of my company, and this is what we do, and this is how we're different. And if you were just listen, they would say, I have an issue with my driver not showing up between 9 and 12. Right. Can you guys do that? Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, so that's a, that's a really important point on many levels that you made, Mike. Well, yeah, I, I believe, speaking of that, um, most people don't care about, about, about your story. They care about their story, right? And they're mm -hmm, the hero, mm -hmm. if you will. And so yes. the, the reason why I wanted to create Always Look Back is I want to look back on people's lives and understand the how and the why, not necessarily the what. So I think my, my final question is, um, what should I ask you that, that I didn't know enough to ask about you or something that I, I, I would love to learn about you that, that I didn't ask or you want to share with, with me and, and the audience? So I, I think the question I would like you to ask and then I'll answer it would be, what do I think is the most important attribute to be successful in business in whatever you're doing as a leader and, and in life as well? I've been giving this a lot of thought um, lately, and I, I really believe it's consistency. Um, there's a lot of emphasis rightly put on effort and intelligence and all of the stuff that we look at and really you know, admire. Mm -hmm. But consistency, without consistency, there's nothing. You know, Anybody can work hard when they feel like it. Anybody can do what they need to do if they're in the mood to, or even do it for a week or a month or a year. But if you can pursue your goals or your dreams or your objectives and do what you need to do and you know you need to do day in and day out whether you feel like it or don't the cumulative effect of that is impossible to replicate and you know <laughs> in my business career that's that's probably been my greatest strength you know I, I'm somebody that's obsessed with what I'm doing and I love it and I don't need and I'm not really into like vacations or you know, doing nothing and taking pictures of my lunch or, you know, sitting on a beach. And I'm not judging anybody who does. I'm just sure. sharing my truth, right? And so for, for someone who's in business or wants to be an entrepreneur or whatever, if you can be consistent and keep getting after it day, because remember, 70% is better than 0%. Right. And that cumulative effect of just showing up every day, and even if you have to change your approach, mm -hmm. if you have to change, all that stuff happens in business, sure. but nothing happens if you don't keep after it day after day. And that would, that to me is very important. I think it's brilliant. And, and, and I will piggyback on that, Steve. Uh, I am a firm believer in a couple things. 
Um, I don't like that word habit. I think it's a bullshit word. I think rituals is a better word. Um, I believe in life, it's all about cumulative things. In other words, if let's say you are sick and you got to take an antibiotic, right? You're not going to take it for one day only and never take it again. It's taking it every day or you have high cholesterol. I have high cholesterol. I take an, a, a torvastatin, which is a, a, a cholesterol lowering medicine every day. It's consistent. It's brushing your teeth. It's consistently small. It's working out, right? You want to get in better shape, better health. You don't do it one day only and say, oh my gosh, nothing ever happened. It's consistent. You want to get a, an account in New York City and they've got 25 stores, right? It's being consistent and the same message over and over. And I think there's a, a quote, which I always say to myself, Success is a matter of holding on after others have let go. And that's my definition of success is the little things over and over again. I'm also a big believer in writing down your goals. I, I wrote down my goals. It's so ridiculous. I wrote down, call my prescription in today. Uh, do a podcast with Steve. Marinate chicken in buttermilk. Literally little stupid things like that. But every day I check them off and it feels amazing that I accomplished these little things because then it's like a puzzle. You look back and the puzzle's complete. So I am 100% right on there you, with you. You and I are very similar, Mike, because I do the exact same thing. And I would say that that keeping that list, you know, because I do the exact same thing you do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I are very similar. I have lists. And I would say that the discipline of doing that has probably been maybe the single most important attribute you know of of whatever success i've enjoyed because so many things that i would have forgotten or wouldn't yep. have gotten done you don't know what the long-term impact is of that so i i think that's a great ritual and i i'm in uh i'm in complete agreement with you i have the same approach and uh right and i love it well you know what it it it, it goes to anything if you're building a house right you have architecture you have a plan i always say you got to plan your work and work your plan and i think I think the issue with many people out there is, uh, as Zig Ziglar said, if you know who Zig Ziglar was, amazing sure. man, he said there are two types of people in this world. There are wandering generality and meaningful specific. And what do you want to be? So that, and I learned that 25 years ago and it stays in my head. Do you want to be a wandering generality where you walk around all day long doing the same thing all day long and getting no results? Or do you want to go and start a podcast and do something that's kind of uncomfortable and nerve wracking, but get good at it, as Ryan Reynolds said. So I, I am a big believer and I and we do think alike. And I remember listening to you and, and Neil talk a few months ago, and I, I love that interview. Um, and, and I truly appreciate and respect you as a person and what you are doing to the community um, and, you know, the, the, the expression which resonates with me again is uh, instead of making the world a better place for our children, let's make better children for our world. And I think you're making the world better, um, whether it's in your local community or your own house. And um, I have much respect for you. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. And, and right back at you. And I'm really glad that you gave me this opportunity. And I, and I would just say my own opinion that uh, I don't think you have much of a learning curve here because this was a really, really enjoyable conversation. And, um, you know, just I'm in complete agreement with you. Like there's so much to life and there's so much to mm -hmm. enjoy and everything is integrated. 
And, you know, just we just got to be grateful to God, get after it every day, you know, try to make the best choices we can, be the best person we can, forgive ourselves, you know, and start up again uh, the, the next day. So I appreciate you, man. I really do. Likewise, have a great rest of your day. I, I appreciate all you've done and let's st- stay in touch. And um, thanks for, for doing this podcast with me. My pleasure. All right, take good care. Bye. Bye-bye.